three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. <clears throat> Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you guys are having a great weekend. So, I've got a review here for The Babysitter, which is directed by um, Mick G, which I know. How weird is it that that's his name? But <laughs> but it's really weird. Going through Mick G's filmography, it's amazing the amount of stuff of his that I actually really like. So... I am a defender of the first Charlie's Angels. I do think the second one uh, definitely dips in quality, but, you know, Demi Moore looked great in that, so I mean, what you going to do? Uh, but going through here, I mean, so he was a producer and a director on Mysteries of Laura, which was a dog shit show, so that's kind of weird that he happened to be a part of that. Uh, it was also, <laughs> and I remember this show because I saw clips, uh, he was the uh, an executive producer on Pussycat Dolls Present The Search for the Next Doll <laughs> back in 2007, which is, I I, I almost want to look up clips from that show. That's that just, it's silly. But outside of that, he was a producer on OC, which admittedly I did watch some episodes of, and is surprisingly more effective than it should be. Uh, he was a producer on Human Target, which I actually really liked. Was sad it got canceled. He was a producer on Nikita, which was on the CW, which had Maggie uh, Maggie Q, who was a badass in that. Also didn't look uh, didn't look too bad. It's a great, it's actually a really good show. And he was also a producer on uh, Lethal Weapon, the TV show, which I actually really enjoyed until um, the guy who played Riggs maybe went insane? Question mark. And he, of course, was a producer on Chuck, which is one of my favorite TV shows ever. So, uh, Mitchie's had a lot of stuff that I actually like. Now, granted, um, I mentioned the uh, second Charlie's Angels. He also was a the screenwriter and a director, uh, and the director for Terminator Salvation, which ugh, is a terrible movie. And but then he was a producer on The Duff. Uh, so I mean, it's a lot of back and forth with Mick G, but. This is one of the times where Mick G hits. So the film uh, plot, very simple. Don't need to go too much into it. So uh, Judah Lewis plays Cole, who is just picked on constantly. This poor bastard just cannot seem to catch a break. He has only been acting for uh, since like 2012. I guess he got his uh, his debut on or made his debut on CSI Cyber, which again, random show, but. Um, between that and in summer of 84, which if you haven't seen it, uh, is a damn good, is a damn good show. Really interesting, but he plays Cole. He's is a freshman, I believe in high school. Um, he's just going through it. He's going through all the terrible shit that you go through as a freshman being insecure, not knowing who you are, all the fun classic, uh, tropes. And I will say this is while it's not the same thing, it reminded me a lot of Fright Night at points, just for how it is very witty and it is like a younger cast as far as who's being hunted and everything. And I actually found that to be the most endearing part about this is because Cole is a character that you can get behind. His parents were played by uh, 
Ken Marino, who is just so good at playing awkward. Uh, think basically think his character from Role Models. That's like basically he's playing the same character here, but he's great. And Leslie Bibb uh, plays his mom, and Leslie Bibb, I just I adore her. So the parents aren't in this a lot. They go ahead and go off on a vacation. Uh, they're staying in town. They're just going to a hotel, <laughs> but they go ahead and leave, and they leave Cole with his babysitter who's played by Samara Weaving, who uh, is uh, B. I don't really recognize her. Out oh, she's the main girl from Ready or Not. Okay, that makes sense. That's why she looks familiar. Um, she's great in this. And the the big, the heart of the film is Cole and B's relationship. And having that realization that sometimes, unfortunately, as you get older, people are going to disappoint you. And... B and Cole are just nerds with each other. Um, I'm blanking on the film they watch outside together, but they go old school. They have a projector and they're projecting the movie and they're acting it out together and like doing even the sound effects and the score and like uh, pretending that they're fighting. I want to like a Cowboys and Indians uh, type uh, type film, but it's really sweet how in a very quick amount of time, the movie is able to go ahead and establish their uh their friendship i don't remember them saying how long uh b has been babysitting cole if they did i i'm just blanking on it but uh but basically b goes and tells cole hey you know time for bed i think she tells him to go to bed like around 11 and he gives her or she offers to give him a a shot of uh i want to say it's bourbon or a couple shots of bourbon so he, of course, Cole wants to be cool, be super hot. Uh, they end up going swimming together, and she has, you know, the classic 80s uh, teen comedy moment where she takes off her shirt and takes off her jean shorts, and oh my god, she's a goddess. It's like the scene on Stacey, that Stacy's mom video, and Cole is just mesmerized, as, you know, he should be, and he wants he wants her acceptance so badly. Her his parents are awkward. He doesn't really care about them uh, getting their acceptance. There's a point that I think as a parent, Leslie Bibb's character is really terrible because there's this point where Cole asks her like, "Am I a pussy?" Because Cole feels like he's just afraid of everything, and she really dances around it. Like she basically does everything besides saying yes, you are a pussy. But she has this, she has this moment where she tells him, look, you're afraid of a lot of things right now. There will be a point where you won't be. And in an ironic sort of twist, this horrendous night that Cole has ends up being really the catalyst for him going, I don't need to take anyone's shit anymore. And so B, you know, tells him to go to bed. He pretends to fall asleep, waits about 40 minutes, and what do you know? There's a knock at the door and he uh, and B brings in a bunch of her friends. Uh, Allison played by Bella Thorne, who is everyone's favorite person right now. Um, uh, Robbie Amell, who I am so usually mixed on. I think Robbie Amell can just suck and shit uh, sometimes, but I really like Code 8. Um, Hannah, uh, Hannah May Lee, who plays Sonia, who you, of course, recognize from uh, the Pitch, uh, the Pitch Perfect films. And then uh, Andrew Bachelor, who plays John, who is the black guy. And of course, I have to say it, 
he of course dies first because as far as out of their group because why wouldn't he so the night starts off with a spin the bottle game and they have this random nerdy kid there who i felt so bad for because this this nerdy guy it's probably the most socially relevant thing he's been invited to they don't say how old the guy is but they're playing spin the bottle and b and uh allison uh, not allison brie that would have been cool um (laughs) but b and uh allison end up kissing and they have like a jennifer's body sort of kiss where there's like tongue and like slow lips and slow motion and i mean i'll be the first to admit it's one of my favorite parts of the movie but the movie turns very grim because they immediately pretty much after that stab the the nerdy guy that they invited stab him through the head and blood starts just gushing out of his head and i will say if you're kind of squeamish for gore and i'll be the first to admit i can watch something like the punisher and be like oh it's fine but just when blood is spreading out, it does make me kind of go like, bleep, bleep. so I personally wasn't a big fan of that. But this film was really gory. The, the deaths in this film are not for the weak at heart. You're going to feel every death that happens here. But what I will say, too, is that after they kill, uh, they, they kill the nerdy guy, the deaths are very clever. And that's something I really had to give the movie because Cole, uh, Cole goes ahead, tries to sneak out. They tie him to a chair, which I thought was hilarious. So when he wakes up, the f- <laughs> when Cole wakes up, the first thing he says is uh, he looks at Max, who's Robbie and Mel's character, and goes, why, why isn't he wearing a shirt? And that in particular, that's where the movie itself really knows how to balance the very insane gore that this film has versus the the fun and i and I, I know it's a weird word to use when hey everyone's getting murdered but the very fun backdrop that this film has because at the end of the day this is about cole learning to accept himself and be the best version of himself and b has always represented that for him that fantasy of you know maybe someday being with b has been what he's kind of strives for and so by the end of the, uh, at the end of the movie it really is about him being okay with himself and the understanding that he can do better than B and be and <laughs> be his own person. Uh, there are so many points in this that I actually found funny. Um, there's a point where Cole calls the cops because, you know, he sees someone get stabbed and blood spurting out. He calls the cops. And so Max ends up, I, I want to say it's Max or it's John. I think it's Max. Max grabs one of those, uh, those uh fireplace like uh 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 like pokers and basically javelins it through this cop's eye which i was mid-sip of my drink and i was like ah because i because this came out in 2017 i watched it once and went oh that was pretty fun and just didn't watch it again so my partner and i uh elaine and i watched it together both of them back to back yesterday and the that death in particular really made me go like oh crap that's really terrible but then it really is home alone uh once cole goes ahead and breaks out from his chair which was really funny because allison points out the fact that we can see you trying to cut uh through the (laughs) cut through the ropes because he's happens to be right in front of a mirror and they can all see the fucking mirror that was really funny but once he cuts the ropes and gets out it, it is essentially home alone 
Um, John goes ahead and chases him. He slips on a race car, pretty much like straight out of Toy Story, and goes ahead and falls uh, down the staircase uh, and gets impaled, which was a death. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Probably my favorite death, if I'm being honest, is the one for uh, the one for Sonya, because Cole essentially uses... Uh, <coughs> again, tying it back to Toy Story, uses a rocket to help uh, to help kill her. Uh, he ends up in this crawl space that earlier on in the film they do a good job with him and Leslie Bibb establishing that they have a spider problem. And when I say a spider problem, I mean like uh, again, Home Alone, uh, like the tarantula that's on Marv's face. Like it, it's those type of spiders, these big ass horrifying spiders. And as someone Who's not a fan of spiders? I would have been screaming if I had to go through that crawl space. So I give that kid, I give Cole a lot of credit for being able to keep his trap shut and not just lose his fucking mind. But I love that. I love that death in particular. Uh, Max, Robbie and Mel, I I, uh, I got to say, he has really great comedic timing here just being the jock. There is this point where Cole is being bullied and I... I felt like it was it was unnecessary because at the end of the day it doesn't really tie back to anything. Uh, he has this black kid bullying him, but I love the fact that Max is almost cheering Cole on to survive the night, even though he's trying to kill him. Like the irony is definitely there, but it's really funny how Max is just this total dumb jock, but he's almost like treating Cole like a little brother. I'm like, come on, like. Like, hit me. So he lets Cole punch him, and Cole gets a decent shot in, but then but then Max just kicks him, and he's chasing him, and they mention that he Max is like the star quarterback of the high school, so he's, you know, running him down, pretty much like a, like a Terminator. It's, it's a real, his death in particular is the most, I'd probably say the most funny because he almost unintentionally kills himself because of this one little detail of eggs, <laughs> which I appreciated. But his death is a lot of fun. And really, all the deaths in this, as I mentioned, are brutal, but you never feel like Cole is Kevin McAllister. It feels like Cole is kind of getting... It's the perfect blend of him not being a sociopath like Kevin, you know, clearly grows up to be Jigsaw. But... But Cole, it, 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 it's him being aware enough to know the house, but then there definitely being some luck on his side. And I appreciate that the film doesn't just have him go full serial, serial killer. It really is him trying to just talk them down, and they happen, to, some of them happen to kind of die. Uh, happen to kind of die. You can't really kind of die, but you know what I mean. Anyways, but the scene in particular for me that really sells this is that him and B end up having a conversation. And earlier on in the film, Cole's talking about this intergalactic team that he would put together to save the world. And he and she goes ahead, B lays out who she would have on the team. I love that their last kind of conversation ties back to that in particular. It gave it a very human element that I think the movie didn't necessarily need, but it it does remind you at the end of the day that it is about Cole and B. I, I I loved how they tied that back, and it really did give an extra layer of oh wow, that's kind of heavy um, as this film wraps up. 
Uh, as far as a complaint, again, there, this is a gory film, and I and I could see people just going like, "This is too campy for me or too goofy." Honestly, yeah, that's what I liked about it. I liked the fact that the film didn't take itself too seriously. I like the fact that Cole does gain more confidence as he continues to go through the film, and uh, I, I, I really appreciate those elements about it. And B, when you find out why he's kind of going through all of this, and you re- and Cole has that realization of how he doesn't really need her, it's a really powerful character moment that I went, okay, movie, I really actually appreciate the way you're laying... Uh, that you're laying all this out. The writer of this movie was Brian uh, Duffield. He has written uh, a couple things. Uh, Insurgent, which, <laughs> okay. Um, he also wrote, uh, I haven't actually watched it yet. He wrote the uh, the latest uh, Kristen Stewart movie, Underwater. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I will at some point. So, but I really enjoyed this. This is a lot of fun. It's only about, it's like 85 minutes, I want to say. So, I mean, it's a quick watch. But I was entertained really the whole time. I, I, I think you can make the argument that the first part of the film is a little slow. But you are rewarded for your patience pretty much from the 15-minute mark on. So, I would give this a solid A-. minus. I thought this was a lot of fun. It is well worth your time. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I watched with my partner yesterday, and she was, uh, her and I were just like, oh, wow, at multiple points. It's a lot of fun, and you could do far worse. And considering I'm on the West Coast and there's a lot of smoke outside, I have been staying inside. So this was a good watch. This was a good distraction. So uh, everyone, have you seen The Babysitter? Uh, let us know what you thought in the comments. You can go ahead and follow yours truly on the Twitter at J Hunter Real Pineapple. You can follow hit go ahead and follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First. That's N-E-A-R-M-A-N the First. And you can go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Uh tune up and uh Spotify at the Real Pineapple. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook at the Real Pineapple. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We will have reviews up this upcoming week for the Umbrella Academy Seasons 1 and 2. And uh, we'll have some other stuff for you as well. We'll talk the first Dune trailer, which uh, I have not seen the original Dune, uh, the 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 like five-hour miniseries or whatever. I haven't seen any version of Dune, so I'm going to be going to that cold. Hopefully, we get that this year. I don't think we will, but we'll talk about the trailer. Um Everyone, please stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Wear a mask. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Have a good one.